Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Golden State Warriors turned a dominant third quarter into an even series against the Boston Celtics. Is Lamar Jackson's contract situation more of a concern than the Baltimore Ravens are letting on? And the fact that Joe Girardi shouldered any amount of blame for the Phillies' struggles meant it was time to move on. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was the Bay Area versus Boston Game 2 of the NBA Finals with the Warriors needing a win. They can't go down 0-2 with two losses in their building going back to Boston, and they got the game, the shooting game that they needed, and more importantly, the defensive game that they needed. They hold the Boston Celtics to 88 points in a 107 to 88 game to win. Joining me now from Locked On Warriors, Cyrus Satsas. And Cyrus, this Warriors team, they get a lot of credit for Steph Curry, for Klay Thompson, for the offense they can create, Jordan Poole, the pool party lineup and all that fun stuff. But this game was won with their defense. What did you see from them in this game? Klay Thompson did not have a good game offensively, um, which is which speaks volumes in terms of the Warriors winning this game by 19 points. And they were winning by you know 20 plus for most of the fourth quarter. Thanks to that another huge third quarter run uh, due to coaching adjustments. But, you know, despite Clay Thompson struggling, uh, Stephen Curry had a Stephen Curry game, you know, 29 points, incredibly efficient, uh, you know, five for 12 from three, nine for 21 from the field. And then the pool party emerged. You know, there were a lot of questions about him after the first game in terms of whether or not the NBA finals were too big for him. I, th- I think he was overwhelmed in game one. Um, you know, he struggled mightily. He, he was the worst, worst performer on this Warriors team in game one, but he responded huge in game two, finished with 17 points and most importantly, went five for nine from three. So we got a best of five, Peter. Outside of the end of that Western conference finals, Clay Thompson has not looked like Clay Thompson, this playoffs. What is your concern level about where he's at at this point in their run? Yeah, you you live you the Warriors are going to live and die with him. However he plays, you know, it's uh you're not going to see his minutes reduced. You're not going to see him being benched or anything like that. Um, you know, Clay's just still not his old self, you know, during the regular season and especially in the early part of the playoffs, uh people started settling into believing that maybe at least offensively he'd regained his old form. And look, when you saw the closeout games against the Memphis Grizzlies and against uh, the Dallas Mavericks, he did show his old form. I mean, we saw game six clay against Memphis. Uh, We saw game six clay in game five against the Dallas Mavericks Um, in this series so far for, for whatever reason, you know, his shots not falling. It's just, uh, it's, it's very unfortunate. Clearly Um, the great news is at least tonight, he didn't look like a liability defensively. He, I mean, he just looked horrible in game one on both sides of the ball. And, And that was the part that was really hard to stomach uh, you know, the, the he, he put up 11 points tonight, which by standards might are not great. I think by any standards are not, you know, great for a starting player who's relied on for his offense in the NBA finals. Uh, you know, he only went one for eight from three, although the one three was uh, fairly big. It was it, it definitely helped with momentum. Um, but at least defensively, he stepped up a little bit. His you know, he only got three rebounds, but they were big rebounds. He actually had two steals in this game. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, there is no you know salve for what the cause of this is or how to resolve it it's just 
Clay is struggling, um, but the great news is he's one of the greatest shooters who has ever played in the history of the game. And I don't think anyone's worried that this is going to continue and linger. It's it's a matter of time. If there's a bright side to this, it's that he's really too. Uh, for a great game and given this the Warriors have, have tied the series up and they have to win one in Boston uh, the Warriors are hoping that we'll see that or they'll see that uh, at the Garden thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen coming up is there more to worry about with the Lamar Jackson contract negotiations than the Ravens are letting on now on to Sleeper Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players and now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over under game it's super simple in any sport choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or the under for example you can pick points in basketball hits in baseball then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest if you pick your side correctly you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in you're not going to get those odds anywhere else download sleeper now to play their new over under game and you can join our Locked On Sports Today group at sleeper.com slash locked on today. If you do that, Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on that first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. I love brownies. Who doesn't, right? And the thing about brownies is you have that space where they're in the oven you're waiting for them to come out and you want to eat them and you just, you're eyeing that brownie batter bowl and you grab the spatula, you grab the spoon, you you grab the beater, whatever it is, and it goes in your mouth. And it is wonderful because brownie batter is delicious. Well, Built captured that flavor in something that you are going to feel great about putting into your body with the brownie batter puff. High in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs and low in calories, but maintaining all of the high standards you have come to expect from Built Bar when it comes to taste covered in 100% chocolate with the protein-infused marshmallow. Protein-infused marshmallow. Think about that, and it's collagen protein, the stuff that your body can absorb more easily. Go to Built.com to try it. And use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Quinn Snyder has resigned as the head coach for the Utah Jazz. The move comes after team ownership and management spent several weeks attempting to convince Snyder to stay, even going so far as to offer him a contract extension. Snyder had two years left on his deal, including his own option on a final season. While Snyder said in a statement that the team needs a new voice to continue to evolve, All-Star guard Donovan Mitchell is said to be surprised and, quote, disappointed at the coach's exit. Reportedly, much of Mitchell's decision to sign a five-year extension in 2020 hinged on the presence of Snyder as his coach. Could a rebuild and therefore blockbuster trades be coming in Salt Lake City? Check out the Locked On Jazz podcast for all of the latest drama there. The Edmonton Oilers will have to avoid a sweep without forward Evander Kane. He'll miss game four of the Stanley Cup Western Conference Finals after being suspended for the hit he put on Colorado Avalanche center Nazim Kadri. Kadri left the game and did not return in game three as it was reported he suffered a broken thumb. Avalanche coach Jared Bednar said Kadri will miss at least the rest of the series, which could end as early as Monday. 
And Tampa Bay Lightning avoided going down 3-0 to the New York Rangers by scoring the game winner with 41 seconds left in the game. Hey, what is going on, hockey fans? John Chicklefot on New York Rangers. The Rangers just coming up short in Game 3 against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gets the game-winning goal with 41 seconds to go in regulation. They win 3-2, and the Rangers... Uh, series lead now cut to two to one. I'm not overly concerned about this loss. I mean, there's certain things that I think the Rangers certainly could have done better. They just in general could have had a better third period. I think that's probably the weakest of the nine periods that they've played against Tampa Bay so far. Just couldn't really get anything going. Completely wasted the four minute power play that they got, you know, when the game was still tied at two goals apiece uh, in the third period, about midway through the third period there. They take a penalty while they have uh, the uh, four minute power play. So that was obviously unfortunate. And look, they were up 2-0. You had a chance to you know, close out this game, take a big-time stranglehold on this series. By that same token, I think this is more a case of Tampa Bay uh, showing what they're made out of because nobody ever thought this was going to be easy. If you're a Ranger fan going up against Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Finals here, of course, you know, a sweep would have been amazing. Would have been great to go up 3-0 here today. But hey, man, we're Ranger fans. We're not used to having anything easy. We're used to having to sweat it out as we've had it done through this entire playoff run here. The New York Mets and LA Dodgers split an early summer preview of the potential NLCS matchup. The New York Mets lost the first two games of their series to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I told myself, I'm getting off Twitter. It's the weekend. I don't want to see Mets fans panicking and overreacting and saying the whole season's over because they lost a couple of games. What happened on Saturday and Sunday? The Mets still found a way to split a series against the best team in baseball, going up against Walker Bueller and Julio Urias with David Peterson and Trevor Williams, yet they showed the grit and the determination to find a way to escape that four-game set even. That's a great baseball team. This is Ryan Finkelstein, the host of Locked On Mets. On tomorrow's show, I'll be breaking down these two great games. I mean, the Saturday night, Pete Alonso putting together an MVP-type performance. Sunday, you have the Mets just finding a way as a team to, to tie the game late, to take a late lead. Seth Lugo blows it in the ninth, and they just still are able to hold on in extras. They get a run in, and Adonis Medina is the hero. A lot to discuss, but just overall, a fantastic series for this Mets team, who, again, I remind you, are very, very good. Here is another story you need to know. Mandatory minicamp is just a week away for the Baltimore Ravens, and their MVP has not been at OTA, staying away from the team as the two sides negotiate a potential long-term contract. Joining me now from Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostreicher and Kevin, on a scale from one to, I don't know, April 2021 Aaron Rodgers, where are these two sides in terms of the contentious nature of these negotiations, because it doesn't seem like right now they're anywhere close. Yeah. I think the contract wise Lamar Jackson, I think at least has made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to negotiate for the 2022 season. It just feels like Baltimore's ready, right? They're ready to get something done with him. He, they believe he's their long-term quarterback of the future. And I think Lamar Jackson wants to stay in Baltimore. Both sides have made that pretty clear that they would like to continue a partnership but the thing with Lamar Jackson's OTA absence here, I don't think has anything to do with the contract. Maybe underlying it might have a couple things, but I honestly think this is just him exercising his right to have it be a voluntary OTA. And he's still working away from the team. We saw a video of him yesterday throwing the ball 50 yards from a knee. He's working out with his quarterback coach, and he responded to criticism 
saying that, you know, he will be there eventually. Now, when is eventually? We don't know, but it's not going to be on the media's watch. And then he tagged his quarterback coach in a tweet under that, so he's still working out. But the whole contract situation has been a huge storyline for Baltimore and for the Ravens over the course of this offseason. But Lamar Jackson's end of the 2021 season was not something that was very impressive. He started off the year in the MVP conversation, had the MVP moment against the Colts in week five and through six weeks was in that conversation. But then obviously the Miami game in week 10, he gets injured in week 14, misses the rest of that season. If he were to sign a contract now, let's say tomorrow, I think his value is lower now than it will be come December of 2022. When I think personally, he'll have a bounce back season. He's betting on himself. And with the quarterback contracts that we have seen, the extensions that we have seen, I think just by nature of waiting, he's made himself a lot of money. So I think he's playing it smartly. And I think that's what it is for him. What about this angle here? The Ravens trade Marquise Brown. They don't have a deep group at receiver right now. Could part of this... Not all of it, but part of this be a, a leverage play from Lamar to say, hey, could I could I get some help here? Can we call Will Fuller's agent? Can we call Julio Jones agent? Can we call Odell Beckham Jr.? Can we figure something out here, please? Right. It's been a conversation for years, even dating back to, to the Joe Flacco. Over the course of their franchise history, the receiver position has been one that they don't necessarily have a huge, deep strength at. And they've gotten their fair share of veteran wideouts, right? Derek Mason played a huge role for them, Anquan Bolden in that trade, and Steve Smith as well. But over Lamar Jackson's career in Baltimore, he hasn't had that lineup of star-studded receivers. So you're not seeing the Ravens go out there and trade for a Stephon Diggs or trade for a DeAndre Hopkins. Trading away Marquise Brown, I'm sure it did hurt Lamar in a couple of instances, obviously on the field. That's their deep threat. That was their number one guy. Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown also very close off of the field. So that probably didn't help a lot of things. But I don't think this is a situation where Lamar Jackson is trying to I guess, convey that message where it's like, all right, you need to get me a receiver or else like I'm out of here. I don't think that's what this is. There's certainly a fair point to ask that question for sure, because it's kind of like, well, why are all these guys signing their contracts? But Lamar is hasn't signed his yet when the two sides have so clearly stated that they want to be together long term. It's a fair question to ask, but I think at this point, it's more of Lamar Jackson betting on himself and knowing that, look, he's going to make a lot of money regardless of if he signed that deal tomorrow, or if he signs that deal in a year, or if, even if he plays on the franchise tag. That's a lot of money he's going to make. But for now, I think it's more of him betting on himself. Coming up, even if Joe Girardi were only partly to blame for the Philly struggles, that's too much and a sign that change is needed. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. How about a look at the two Stanley Cup series going on? The odds are absolutely not in the favor of the Edmonton Oilers' chances at reversing this series against the Colorado Avalanche. Bet Online has the Oilers' odds at winning the series at 18 to 1. Meanwhile, the odds are much better for the playoff hardened Tampa Bay Lightning. Bet Online likes the Lightning's odds of beating the Rangers in their series. They have them at plus 120. And the odds on favorite. To win the Stanley Cup is the same team it was at the beginning of the playoffs. Bet Online has the Avs minus 195 to win Lord Stanley's Cup. Bet Online, where the game starts. How much is a manager to blame for the struggles of his team? If you ask Philadelphia Phillies fans if the manager has any amount of blame, it's too much. Locked on Phillies host Connor Thomas lays out why the Joe Girardi firing had to happen. You look at this team and you look at the expectations. They haven't made the playoffs in over a decade now. 
This is the most expensive Philadelphia Phillies team in history. The first time ever going over the luxury tax. You have multiple all-stars. You have the reigning MVP. You have the reigning Cy Young runner-up. A manager of this team in this spot, in this city, because Philadelphia absolutely plays into it and how this fan base goes. And it certainly affects management and their perspective, their perception of what to do and what they need to do with the ball club. But it doesn't work to have a manager even deserve 15% of the blame. He cannot be, he can't have 1% of the blame if the team is going to perform this poorly. Because this team, all this team needs to succeed, I firmly believe, is a net negative at manager. They can't have someone pulling in the opposite direction because they already have so much pressure on them. They've already exhibited so many issues currently. Like, yeah, is Joe Girardi mainly at fault for what's going on this year? No, he's not mainly at fault. But the fact that you could heap any blame on him at all is too much for a manager who's not supposed to be affecting the game all that much one way or another. There's a great quote. I believe it's Connie Mack. It's an old-time manager. It said something like the manager is supposed to win – maybe affects like four to six games every year. Well, if you affect that in a negative way, you're not a good manager. And you're hurting a team that's already on thin ice. And we're just barely past Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend was last weekend. And this team's already on thin ice. It's not all Girardi's fault. It's not even mostly Girardi's fault. But the fact that he shared as much blame as he did, even if it seems minuscule, that's too much for a team with these expectations and he needed to go. Baseball managers are like toilets. You don't really think about them until something is wrong. You just take for granted that everything is working in fine order. But the thing about a baseball team is when you've paid the money, and this is true in any sport, to bring in the star players and they're not producing, the coach will always get the blame, even if it is undeserved. And in this case, as you heard from Connor, it's not undeserved in the case of Joe Girardi, that there were mistakes being made. And so when your job, and this is particularly true in baseball, when your job is to just get out of the way and just let the guys do their thing. Now there is more strategy in baseball than there used to be with analytics changing the way that Outfielders and infielders are positioned with all of the advanced scouting that goes on, but that's not in-game decision-making in the same kind of way. When your job is to just let the good players be good, to maximize the good players by putting them in the best position for good players to succeed, when that's not happening, it's never the player's fault. Not according to the fans, and remember owners are fans Two, they make these decisions as emotionally and impulsively as fans do. When your job is to stay out of the way and you don't stay out of the way, even if it's not all your fault, you got to fall on the sword. That's just the reality of being a manager, a coach in any sport. And finally, Rafael Nadal added to his legacy on Sunday as he defeated Casper Ruud in straight sets to win his 14th French Open Championship and 22nd Grand Slam title, and all on basically one foot. Nadal powered through constant pain in his left foot throughout the tournament, and before the championship match, Nadal received an injection in his foot to numb it 
The pain was so intense. He'd been undergoing injections into his foot for at least the last two weeks to numb the pain caused by a chronic foot issue. He'll seek additional treatments and hope it will allow him to play Wimbledon starting later this month. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up Tuesday, can the Oilers avoid being swept by the avalanche? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.